Welcome to Hype Louisville, where we bring you the most exciting things happening in our city and talk to the people making it happen. Now, here are your hosts, Andrew Beckman and Nathan Shanks. Let's get hyped. Hype Louisville, what is up? Welcome back. This is episode five. We have an awesome guest here today, collegiate volleyball player, Ironman Conqueror, Sampling now, now <laughs> author, Courtney Robeson-Dixie. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Excited to be here with you all. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've heard it before, but I always find your story to be inspiring and really interesting. And I think if there is anybody out there listening, I keep making that joke. <laughs> Hopefully we have some listeners. I think they'd love to hear your story. But before we get started... What is one thing that you're hyped about or have been hyped about recently or you're you're looking forward to? Absolutely. I'm super hyped. This past weekend, we hosted our largest event of the year and actually the largest event in Louisville since March of 2020 last year. COVID is coming to an end and business is rolling back. So we typically host an 850-team volleyball tournament at the Kentucky Fair and Expo Center every March, and we lay 116 courts teams from all over the country, Canada, Puerto Rico, they all come in town. And COVID was put it to a little bit to a smaller scale, but we were able to have 550 teams. And that just happened this past weekend. It was awesome to see. At the Expo Center? At the Expo Center, we had 80 courts. We had 15,000 fans there. So the health department was there three times and they were super pleased with our protocol. So Yeah, seeing the kids, yes, they have masks on. Yes, spectators have masks on. Uh, Some teams play in masks. Some teams don't. It depends, but they have to have masks in the facility on the bench or if they're watching other teams play. But just to see kids back interacting with each other, it's been really hard on a mental-emotional standpoint for a whole year. These kids have been locked up inside. They don't get to go to school. So to see them interacting in real life, in real time, it's been awesome to see. So that's what we're hyped about. We got to see 15,000 people. Hell yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome on so many levels. Just for yeah. the kids and the, the city of Louisville. And, yeah, the city, all the tourism that that brings in. Absolutely. A lot of hotel business. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, for sure. Kudos. You mentioned one thing in real life and real time. And I know we're going to talk about it later, but let's go ahead. For sure. First plug out there. Yeah. So, What's the new book you've been working on and when's it hit the shelves? So we'll have this book released in April. It's called Living in Real Time. And the whole purpose of this is I've been obviously involved in female sports my entire life, but my career, I've spent the last 10 years watching young girls. And as the social media world increases, the anxieties and pressures that these kids feel, how they have to fit in on a social status through social media and almost feeling that their acceptance comes from is that boy follows them back or how many likes they get on this picture, how many views they get on this TikTok. And the whole purpose of this book was to help them realize your self-confidence and your strength and your passion as a woman does not come from what is on a timeline. It comes from what's in real time in real life, the relationships and friendships that you develop, the goals you set for yourself and the achievements that you accomplish in that real life. That's what defines you. And that's kind of been my whole goal for the last 10 years with these girls is trying to help them realize there's so much more than what they see on a screen. Wow. Yeah. That is awesome. That is awesome. That's getting me hyped. Yeah. So hopefully people read it just like they listen to us on this podcast. Exactly. (laughs) Well, I can't wait to delve into that and kind of hear how you came to 
be, uh, if you will, a subject matter expert on that with your background and your experiences and how Louisville has impacted you and For what sure. you see Louisville doing. But before we get to that, what are you hyped about, man? Uh, <laughs> so this is way less exciting than yeah. yours. This is <laughs> I not, I, we should, we should, do this we should have closed talk. on Courtney's yeah. left. Yeah. Can we just like, edit this whole podcast where Andrew and I go first? Actually, Beckman, you sold my house this weekend. So nice, congrats! I'm, I'm super hyped about that. I bet Beckman is too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Beckman. yeah. It's funny how that works. <laughs> it's a win for everyone. Yeah, exactly. No, three days and got it under contract. So awesome. Super hyped, and the new house will be ready by the end of the month. Hopefully, by the time this launches, I live in a in a new house. So there you go. I'm not involved on that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's out of my control. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah, actually, man, that I'm hyped about the weather turning, not just for my business, because obviously it, it, the spring, we're, we are starting to return to normalcy. Mm-hmm. And what used to be the spring selling season, you know, 2020, just threw that out the window. Mm-hmm. It was the 2020 season of selling. Right. <laughs> but we're starting to return and seeing the same dips. And I love that. I'm hyped about that. But really, it's I was on my mountain bike four times <laughs> this week outside. I'm really excited about it the weather and just spring <laughs> yeah so makes everybody happier sunshine does. brings everybody to life yeah yeah all right courtney um i'd love for our listeners to hear kind of how you where you grew up and how you kind of rose in louisville like where did you go to school for sure when you got into volleyball and some of the life lessons you started to learn early on and then really you know when you went and played at U of L, and then how you took all those skills that you learned as a teammate as a leader a captain and then didn't miss a beat and started competing in Ironman, becoming an owner of Kiva, writing a book, competing in bike racing, a sport hardly any women do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why don't you? For sure. <laughs> Give us your life story. All right. I'll, yeah. I'll break it down for y'all. <laughs> like you said, I'm I'm Louisville, born and raised a little bit south of Louisville from Bullitt County, Kentucky. And I went to public schools in Bullitt County growing up. And my sister was a Catholic school kid and something unique about Louisville is we have a very large parochial school system. And that is partially what has allowed me to be successful in my business is volleyball starts in kindergarten in the Catholic school system here and does not happen a lot throughout the country. And my sister played volleyball there. So she's six years older than me. I naturally started playing behind her. She's not super athletic. I was better than her. So (laughs) that was always fun. So I went to public schools, but volleyball really became my passion and I started to play on a higher level team and we found out that there's club volleyball and place called Kivas over by the zoo. And when I was eight years old, we went there and they didn't have an eight-year-old team. They had a 12-year-old team. So I played from eight to 12 on a 12-year-old team every year. And it's a travel program where, you know, we go all across the country and nationals are in Florida every year. So I started at eight years old there and I played all the way until 18. And when I went to high school, I went to Assumption strictly for volleyball, and it was the best four years of my life. I would definitely recommend it to anybody. Obviously, Beckman's wife went there, too, and it was a great opportunity for me, not only as a athlete in volleyball, but also helping shape you know, mind, body, spirit, and yeah. learning the balance of a woman that allowed me to be the student athlete that I was down the road. And I went from high school and committed to actually the University of Alabama as a sophomore, and The coach resigned my senior year, so I followed the assistant to West Virginia University, and I played one season at West Virginia in the Big East, and 
truly nothing wrong with the school, nothing wrong with the team, the coaches. They did not have AAU volleyball there. So there was nowhere that I could coach. And from a young age, I knew that this was my passion, but coaching young girls was even a bigger passion. So I transferred back to Louisville and missing my hometown quite a bit. So I played at the University of Louisville for my sophomore through senior year. And the entire time that I was there, I coached at Kiva. So I went right back to my roots, graduated in 2014 with a degree in sports administration and American Sign Language. And I'm a talker, so I don't like (laughs) do well with no speaking. So I went straight from college and worked at Kiva as a coach and a program director and eventually, you know, became a partner in the business. And here we are today. That's amazing. That is amazing. Volleyball all lifelong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's back up to Kiva for okay. a second. So you said you started at eight and you mm-hmm. were playing with 12-year-olds. So did you keep that trend? Did you play with the same girls all the way up till they were 18 and then kind of stay in that? Or did you stay at that level until the people your age? Once I got to 12, those people that were 12 with me, we went all the you way, all the way. which is pretty cool. Um, there's five of us that started together that are all... We finished all the way through 18s, and they were actually bridesmaids in my wedding. Oh, and, wow. That's really cool. Yeah. So, and one of them is actually my assistant coach. So she played at the University of Kentucky. I played at the University of Louisville. Jackie Knapper, she had a standout career at Kentucky, played professionally yeah. overseas in Europe, and now she's my assistant at Kiva. So they say Louisville's a small-town community, and volleyball is even a smaller community and we you know we started at 12 and still to this day get together our parents get together yep. it's really cool yeah yeah i'd like to ask a question on that so that's something that's always fascinated me not just in the volleyball community but in the cycling community mm-hmm. you see these small communities of people that have these really strong bonds kind of within Louisville. right and i know it's a, a tragedy for sure but would you mind if you're comfortable speaking yeah. about what what happened last year and then kind of like how the volleyball community really came together and mm-hmm. Louisville supported that. Absolutely. We could have done better. So on February 14th of 2020, we had four of our volleyball members at Kiva killed in a tragic car accident in St. Louis. Two of them were 12-year-olds that were on my volleyball team, and the other two were their mothers. And they were the four of them. Leslie Prather was a firefighter and mother of Ryan Prather, and then Carrie McCall and Casey McCall, mom and daughter. They were headed to Kansas City last February for a tournament that we had We had 12 teams going there. We had 18 teams going to St. Louis. So the whole volleyball community was headed to that area of the country for an event. And they were tragically hit head on on I-64 and all four killed instantly. And the weekend is quite a blur, but the way that the volleyball community came together, not just in the city of Louisville, the volleyball community across the country was absolutely unreal. There's been a lot of good that has come out of it with every tragedy, you hope that something positive can come. And there's been two foundations that have been formed. One has already raised over 150 grand, the Leslie and Ryan Prather Foundation that I'm actually a board member on. And then the Carrie and Casey McCall Foundation already has a $50,000 scholarship at Assumption. Carrie was a and a graduate from Assumption, both moms played collegiately. Leslie played at Louisville, actually coached me, and Carrie played at Syracuse. And just the way that the community came together, you know, they had a parade when they came back, and there was just hundreds of thousands of people lined up on Barstown Road. And not even just volleyball people, just the city of Louisville felt so connected. I can't even tell you how many people as I months going after that, they would see I had a Kiva shirt on, and they would even say in the grocery, thinking about you and your girls. I'm like, you don't even know who I am, but yeah. just 
the compassion that the city of Louisville had. And, you know, a year later, the news stations reaching back out to us, wanting to do a story to help shine their legacy and their light. So I tell people all the time, there's nothing like the city of Louisville and the family feel. And I say that all the time about our business. Kiva is a family atmosphere. And I truly feel that the same as goes for the city of Louisville. Like you said, different pockets of people Mm -hmm. just feel very connected to anything good or bad that happens in our city. Gosh. We've spoken about you got Kiva maybe be the first, you know, hosting uh, or supporting a a big gathering with people and vaccinations. Nathan and I just got our first vaccine shot this week. And awesome. You're getting one here soon. Mm -hmm. We're getting close to the end. For sure. Um, What do you see Louisville coming out of this? You know, Mm -hmm. we've had a rough year with, you know, not only COVID, but, you know, other systemic issues and, I'm just wondering, what do you think some of these communities, not just Kiva, but mm-hmm. like other pockets, like the cycling community, what yeah. we can do to really help get Louisville, not just back to normal, but better than normal? Right. It was interesting during COVID. We're fortunate at Kiva. We have a lot of parents that come from a lot of different backgrounds, you know, real estate, restaurant business, the finance business, and some of our restaurant owners, the O'Shea's, they're Kiva members. And it's been interesting chatting with them to see how hard that they were hit, but, you know, just refusing to let this local Louisville restaurant that so many people love and just to see the amount of people during COVID that would do anything just to order carry out. I know you ordered so much ice cream from Legion Dairy. You could still be eating it. But, you know, I think what has been awesome as we get on the tail end of this, working with the Louisville Sports Commission and the CVB on this event this past weekend, as we stood there and we looked ahead of us and just to see 15,000 people and hotels. You know, I went over to the Crown Plaza Friday night and it's packed with people in the bar and I'm like, this doesn't look like COVID, but I love it. I love that we're back. And, you know, people were so grateful this past weekend, constantly. Thank you for hosting. Thank you for having us. There's, I almost feel like people have a little bit brighter of gratitude and excitement for life where Trust me, historically, these tournaments, people are complaining the bathrooms are dirty. Water fountain doesn't work. It's too cold in here. No complaints this year. I mean, people are just grateful to be back living life. That was taken for granted. Absolutely. A bonus. And I think you see that in Louisville, you know, the restaurants, the good weather. People are flourishing those restaurants and just ready to get back out and be with their city and, you know, derby rolling around and... If you live in Louisville, it's like that is your one thing you live for every year. So I think people are just so excited and local small businesses. I hope that they can, you know, we're able to weather that storm and we can come out on the brighter side of this. Yeah, yeah. And just to be clear, too, at the tournament, people were required to wear masks. People yeah. were wearing masks. No one was objecting or making a scene. No, Everyone no one can like, is kind of like, we'll do what we have to do to live life again. Yes. Yeah. And like I said, health department came three times. They said, you're doing great. You have... Your entrances, your exits, you've got the space for social distancing. Everybody's wearing their masks. And, you know, I think as a community, you know, the health department, the government, everybody wants, obviously, to get back to life and see the economy boom. So if everybody's doing their part, working together, I do see a bright future ahead for our city. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Courtney. That's it. All right, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) That's a wrap. We We did great. (laughs) Some great sound bites. I really appreciate that. And it's exciting to see what you're going to do for Kiva. I'd like to get back to a little bit just because it's where I first got to know you. Mm -hmm. Because you just immediately impressed me with how disciplined you were when you graduated from L and you decided to do an Ironman. 
Could you talk to us a little bit about that? Like For what, sure. What went through your head, why you wanted to do it, how you went about doing it, and then... I know you're too humble to admit this, but you had a killer time. And maybe you could put that in context. And if you don't want to, I'll, I'll be glad to about you. <laughs> Thank uh, you. You know, I grew up, like I said, since I was eight years old playing volleyball and always had a structure of a schedule. And during the spring, you're working for the spring tournament or during the summer, you're getting ready to get ready for the fall season. And then fall, you're working for a national championship. So there was always a schedule, always a training plan per se. And when I was at Louisville, our massage therapist was working on me and she had done 13 Ironmans. And I was like, oh you're God. nuts and awesome all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I told her as she was working on me one day, I want to do that. She said, well, it's totally different than volleyball. So wait till you're done. Yeah. And I finished at Louisville, got my career going a couple of years. And, you know, I was established at the career and I, I wanted that training plan back and I wanted something right. to work for I love the discipline of working out. I'm a an exercise junkie by nature. So I um, got connected with some people that I knew through the volleyball world. That was actually how Andrew and I met. My OBGYN had done an Ironman with Beckman's dad before, and she helped me learn the, the running side of it. I had cycled in college just like on a stationary bike from workout. So volleyball people by nature have strong legs. So the cycling was not tough for me. Swimming, I think I drowned the first time I got in the pool. <laughs> it was terrible. I still hate it. Yep. Never enjoyed that part whatsoever. But yeah, I, I was super disciplined. I, at 23 years old, decided I wouldn't drink for nine months as I was training for Ironman. All my friends are like, you totally suck. We hate <laughs> yeah, you. You're no fun anymore. Yeah. Where's our friend? Look, I've got yeah. seven hours before <laughs> I do an 80-mile bike ride. Yeah. I am not drinking. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I fell in love with the training of it, and people have said, would you do it again? And I probably wouldn't do another one just because of the bulk of time that right. it does take away from a family. But the people that I met, and we go back to yeah. community, yeah. I go back to that. The community that I met through triathlon training was incredible. I mean, I still talk to those people. And from all walks of life, you've got doctors, you've got nurses, you've got lawyers, you've got like some finance nerds that I'm like, I don't know anything you're saying no you on that yeah. level, but I love riding bikes with yeah. you. Yeah. So it's just, you yeah. know, really cool to see different types of people all come together and supporting each other for a common goal. And that's why I got in it. That's why I loved it. And from there, I did do great. Like Beckman said, I was fortunate that I finished it in 11 and a half hours. And it was an incredible day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for context, my dad's done it five times. I don't think he's under 50 hours. So, <laughs> I mean, did you have that expectation going into it that that's where you wanted to be? Did you meet your goal? Did you surprise yourself? I did. I wanted under 12 hours. So when I finished in 11 and a half, and I actually didn't even realize that's how long I took. I had a watch on that had put me right at 12 and I don't know how that happened, but yeah. speaking of community, you know, I fell in love with the cycling part of it. And Andrew Boyd actually came the last mile that I was oh, running awesome. for street lab. And he was on his bike constantly saying, this isn't a very fast pace. I'm like, you suck. You're on a bike. And I, such a boy thing. <laughs> such a boy thing. It's like, I, I think. It, but he puts such a good spot. So, yeah, yes. Such a good spot. So it did make me want to run faster. I'm like, I've yeah. only been out here for 11 and a half hours, but yeah. thanks for joining the last yeah. mile, boy. But yeah, and you know, a ton of cycling people down there. And that's where my next passion came was cycling. And so I started riding road bikes with yeah. all these guys and got into crit racing and love that and 
not a lot of girls in that department. So fit right in. That yeah. was another thing. She's I was like, probably kicking girls' ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I love to hear about, I guess, let me ask it this way. Mm-hmm. So when you started to do Ironman, you started to, did you feel that sense of belonging that you felt with the community as a, as a player? As volleyball. As volleyball, yeah. Absolutely. You know, that's, like I said, I've been on a team since I was eight years old and the triathlon community that was training, it was like I was part of a team again, part of that bond. Everybody's working together for one thing and then it carried over right into APRIS and yeah racing for them and, you know, having that team and that bond. And even to this day, obviously I'm pregnant right now. We're expecting our first child, so I can't race bikes, but I still keep up with all the guys that are part of that little family. And, you know, I always go back to the community. The family is just so strong in the city of Louisville, no matter what part you're in. Yeah. One thing that sticks out to me as far as the training goes, I can't just run aimlessly with no gold, right. no race coming up. I will not stick to it. I think it's so important to have like- The end like insight. Yeah, something to shoot for. Like you were trying to complete an Ironman. For sure. I have to have a race. I run 20 to 30 miles a week. God I, bless you. I, I, <laughs> I have to have a race on the calendar though. Cause if yeah. I don't, it's like, ah, it's fine. I, you know, I'll- Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll- a new day. And I, I, will, yes. I, I will not do it. I'll lose my, my momentum. So- Yes. Uh, I like how you had that goal in mind and you just stuck to it. And Absolutely. If anyone is trying to get in shape or stay consistent, put something on your calendar to where like, or right. put a goal on your calendar, a certain date where you want to com- accomplish something. And it's so much easier to just stick with it, in my opinion. For sure. Yeah. So. And to help get you through to the end, you know, accountability buddies. Yeah. Accountability buddies. <laughs> yeah. For me, exactly. I don't have race on the calendar anymore these days, but uh, yeah. I know damn well I wouldn't work out if I didn't have you to run with or yeah. Andrew Boyd to knock on my door. at 5.45 a.m. to get you riding. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I was going to say, <laughs> don't pick Beckman as your accountability buddy. No. Because uh, I texted him. This, we were supposed to run this morning, and I texted him this morning. And I was like, hey, man, I'm sorry. I got to do a few things. I'm not going to make it. No He's worries. Like, Exclamation! <laughs> yeah. I'm off the hook. Yeah, exactly. I can so, sleep uh, in a little longer. Yeah. Pick somebody that's gonna give you a little oh. shit. If you yeah. Back yeah. Out. And, and yeah, I will. Well, you know, and it goes back to this sense of community and accountability. I remember how I met Nathan was through. I think before we started, I was telling you about my roommate in college. Uh-huh. So I was in a fraternity at Murray, and I competed in cross country. I was a cross country athlete. Mm-hmm. I was closer with the four guys that I woke up with every morning at 5 a.m., drove out to the golf course, and just suffered from 5.30 to 6.30 every morning because there's something about suffering, mm-hmm. pushing yourself, and having someone else that's breathing just as hard. Or you're maybe, you know, if you were me, you're like, I'm going to make you work just a little bit harder. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and then. And then they're going to do it to you. Then they're going to do it to you. Yeah. And, and, you know, that. Uh, Misery truly loves company. It yeah. truly does. <laughs> and then when you have that common goal, that mm-hmm. race, yeah. it really helped. I love that. I miss that. I like that in my daily. That's why I love you guys and app recycling. And, and then the, the people you meet, too. Like, that's the other thing I've, I've, I'm hearing you say and I'm experiencing myself. I know Nathan, you know, through not just running but golf, like networking. Mm-hmm. No matter who you are and what you're doing in life, it seems like opportunities are always there. Arise yeah. at a because the relationship you have with people is meaningful and mm-hmm. it's it's around a common 
like, you know, mm-hmm. it's volleyball, Ironman, mm-hmm. golfing, running. And I think that's the true measure of success. <laughs> Get on my high uh, horse here. And For sure. Life advice. <laughs> I'm not writing a book. Guys. Take everything I say with a grain of salt. But I just love that I got to, you, through, through my relationships with both of you all, you've introduced me to numerous people that are just good people to know. And uh, I'm just excited to see where you go with, and two, these young girls, like, we're now, like, we're all millennials, and I know. there's another generation. <laughs> yeah. Come what, what is that? Yeah. What is that t- term? I don't know what they are. I think they are Xennials. I know. I feel like you guys just made that up. <laughs> it sounded good. Like you know what? In a couple of years, that's going to be a term, and it yeah. came right here yeah, from yeah. Beckman I in his basement. It's funny you talk about the networking, though. We chat with our girls about that all the time. Like we said, they are the, the next generation coming up, and we call them advancers. That's kind of the term I've given them. And it's better than influence. Ex- yeah. yeah. Explaining to these girls, you're always going to meet somebody that's going to help you advance in life. You never get to the next stage by yourself. There's right. always someone that's contributing to your success. So even, you know, these girls that are 12 to 18, we start talking to them about talk to your parent or your friend's parents about what yeah. they do. Get to know them. Get to know people that they work with. And when someone does something nice for you, writing a thank you card, just some of these things that have been completely lost in this younger generation. And we don't let them text a coach when they have a problem. They have to sit down face to face and young girls don't do great with that, but just that'll help them so much. Yes. Long-term. So that's, that is so important for sure. What we're trying to help, like you said, the next generation. Yeah. They are our future. Well, and you're such a good role model. Like, you're the bridge between gray hair. They don't think I'm totally lame yet. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, we were I'm still semi-cool. Yeah. You know, on a mountain bike, getting... Yeah, yes. she can't mountain bike right now, too. It's not her, like, a skill. <laughs> well, she does tend to crash. <laughs> I do crash a lot. Battle scars, battle scars. I got some battle scars, but yeah, we're protecting that baby yeah, from the battle scars yeah. right now. Yep. I'll be back. Don't worry. Well, and you know, I didn't even get to tell you. You don't, may not know this, but we're here. We are talking about networking, and this guy is—he's the president of YPAL and has a huge network and has nice. been grinding and building a network for what five, six years now. Yeah. His story is interesting too. Well, it started at UPS. You didn't like it, and then yeah, it sucked. You know, 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Then trying to go to school. Trying to go to school in the afternoon. I had no oh, wife. Drinking, Smithsons just yeah. Drunk. Everybody's going out. <laughs> Drinking to keep yourself awake. (laughs) Yeah. So I just decided it sucked and I wanted to grow something worth my time and that I could grow over time and just kind of started. I read a book called Dig Your Well Before You're Thirsty. Okay. I love that quote. That is great. Harvey McKay is is the author. Okay. It's basically build your network before you need one. Yeah. I just started networking and just meeting people and providing them value and doing anything I like. What are you working on right now? Who can I introduce you to? That mindset. I wasn't asking for anything in return. Just right. going out and meeting cool people that are goal-oriented, driven. And yeah, yeah you just kind of go from there and eventually got into more of a sales role and okay. moved into insurance. And once you network for five years and you're in the insurance business. Yeah. He's got my account. You got a, you got a lot of people to call and bug yes. about, about switching over to Mason. For sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. How big is Wipeout now? 
thousand members. I was gonna say I knew it was huge. Yeah, yeah. and I'm full disclosure, past president. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I rolled off last year. There you go. I'm, I'm still on the board this year. Okay. Uh, awesome. But yeah, I've been involved there five years. That's really cool. Yeah. And he's long line of really successful people that have been involved in that organization. It's something that I I don't regret a lot of things, but it is one thing I wish I kind of gotten into back mm-hmm. when. You and Drew and and Nikki were all in there. But yeah, man, that quote, dig your well before you're thirsty. I recently read a book for the second time. You are speaking of everything that this book is about. It's called The Go-Giver. And the first, there's five stratospheric laws for success. And and one is providing more in value than you expect to receive in turn. And then the second law is authenticity, you know, being Mm -hmm. genuine. Nathan, we've known each other for a long time, but I feel like two years ago, I started talking about insurance and not once has he asked me to switch over his, my insurance. To uh-huh. The relation, we were talking about this this morning. I finally got, o- got all of our stuff over to him. It's really interesting. Insurance and retail, like real estate, but a little more with insurance is, you know, that relationship is what drives the business. That's right. why I, I know, like, and trust Nathan right. and happy to do it and not having the pressure of like him harassing me for it. Mm-hmm. Super seamless. Anyway, it's something that I don't know how we got started on that. This is one of those tangents <laughs> we talked about. Yep, exactly. We'll edit this, but let's just sort of look back to <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, but you yourself, you know, you haven't been involved in YPAL, but you have one of the biggest networks I know. And is that just because, well, I know why I think it is. You're By the way, we got, we got here talking about advancers for the girls. Yes, yes. Advancers. advancers and networks for sure. That's yeah. how we got here. Yes, exactly. So we're teaching well, those young girls that networking is important. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, is that important. But it's also, you mentioned about your book, there's this social media aspect. It's like mm-hmm. real life. Like, are you seen? I mean, I'm on my phone and Instagram way more than I should. Apple reminds me of that every week. For sure. <laughs> is that an even more pressing thing that you're seeing in young women and young men and youth. For sure. And like I said, when we were in college, social media wasn't really a thing quite yet. Yeah. Like I remember when there was MySpace. Yeah. 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 I've said that to my kids. I had a MySpace and they're like, what is that? What is that? Yeah. That's when I sound old. So even in the last 10 years of my athletes, seeing how much social media has changed, how much it's grown and how much of an influence it has had on them. For example, our girls won't even go to a tournament or a dinner without wanting to take a picture and post it on Instagram. So my new thing is I don't let them, when they go to team dinners, they give me their phones. I put their phones in my purse. And to watch them have a conversation without a phone is hysterical. And they struggle and it is uncomfortable for them because at their age, they want to be like, look at this TikTok, look at this Instagram post. And that's how they communicate. So forcing these girls at an early age to silence. Yes. Well, and you know, it's awkward early on. And we even take them to a a team trip every single weekend or every single year, one weekend, they don't get their phone the entire weekend. So they give other people their passwords to keep their Snapchat streaks alive, all of that. (laughs) It's hysterical what young girls will do. But just forcing them and like submerging them in, you have to learn to communicate. You have to learn to build relationships in real life and helping them realize how important this is as a lifelong skill. Because at the end of the day, nobody's making massive money playing volleyball. There's no professional leagues that is going to pay the bills. So unless they're going to go coach, which also is not going to pay them a lot of money, they have to learn to network. And they're very fortunate. They don't even realize that at such an early age, this sport has a deep, deep pocket and a yeah. deep network yeah. of people. Full disclosure, to play club volleyball is not a cheap thing to do. Right. Yeah. So yeah. 
the families that are involved, they're just surrounded by so many different opportunities as far as, like I was saying, doctors and nurses and lawyers. So that's where my connection and being a director and an owner in Kiva has been so rewarding getting to meet so many different people, you know, like Mark Bacon of Brown Foreman and Beckman Connected there. And just what I have learned through my time at Kiva and meeting these different people, not only within our club, but across the country and all these different clubs is they all have very, very genuine hearts, whether it's in their business or their kids or how they interact with you. And just seeing people's success behind a lot of that success, you always see a genuine heart of what they're trying to achieve and always wanting to help others. Like I've never had somebody not want to help me. And I've just always felt so blessed to be a part of a community and network that is constantly hands out, giving, and not worried about what's in return for them. Right, right. Yeah, that's the go-giver. Yeah. Provide that value. Provide that value and then be willing to receive as well. Right. Um, Because of the, yeah, that's great to hear. Well, that kind of touches on how you're going to try to market this book. Aren't you going to reach out to these clubs all around? For sure. Because that's the target base, right? Yes. Girls and volleyball. But, I mean, it touches on a much... It does. You know, the book is definitely geared towards young women, but not just athletes. And, you know, it's funny. I've had a lot of moms read this book before I published it. And they were like, this is great just as a mother to be able to read and to be able to know what my daughter is thinking. And a lot of pieces from the book I took from girls. I interviewed girls and quoted them and what they were experiencing and what I've seen over the last 10 years. You know, the girls that have come into my office in tears that you know, my boyfriend thinks I'm too fat. And I've had girls that I've had to put in rehab for eating disorders and just the things that I've seen over the last 10 years. So it's relatable on any level, whether you're an athlete or not, or just like I said, a mom could read this. So yes, I'm obviously going to market through social media because that's what the world is today. But reaching out to all these clubs across the country, like I said, we run events from California to Florida and all the club directors have one goal in mind to not only make athletes better on the court, but to see them succeed off the court. And at the end of the day, I don't care how many championships we win. I care that I see every kid leave Kiva and that they make something of their life. Absolutely. And that's what it's all about. And that's so endearing. And it's that meaningful connection you have with these other clubs, whether they know you or not, really. Right. Like you're all in, yeah. One common goal, for sure. One goal, yeah. yeah. And it seems like the best organizations are the ones that truly value people's inherent success. You know, and if that takes them somewhere else, like, mm-hmm. so be it. You know, I, I certainly know with, with, like, my clients, I'm always, you know, more interested in the relationships than the closing. Right. Know, or what if I get the listening or not, you know, right. yeah. um, there's always the relationship will work. It's work everything out. And I know you view that the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Multiple talks of that. Let's stay on the book for just a second. Yeah. You mentioned working with JCPS mm-hmm. yeah. with yeah. the book as well. So can you talk a little bit about how that went? So the online course of accompanying with this book actually was a thought long after I started writing this book. Originally, I started writing this book on my honeymoon, and my husband laughs all the time. He's like, you never stop working. He's like, you're the hardest worker I know, but we're on the beach in Hawaii, and you're writing a book. Yeah. That's a good yeah. place to write a book. Oh, I mean, oh, yeah. Can't get a better view than that. Yeah. So it was probably halfway through when I you know, I had finished that first draft, and I was reading back through, and I was like, this would be awesome to turn into an online course to get into the school systems, because at the end of the day, there's a lot of kids that are not going to take the time to read 170 pages. So I'm like, what could I get condensed that 
has video interaction that is a little bit more relatable, that has worksheets that they can be interactive in small group settings. And so I actually went to Assumption first with it. And the parochial school system, it's pretty easy to get anything pushed into because they kind of write their own rules. It was the public school systems that I had a really hard time figuring out. You have to have certain guidelines that you follow. And back to the network, I have a lot of board members and teachers and principals that I've met through my time at Kiva that were gracious enough to give me their time and their networks to get me with the right people. So again, it all goes back to relationships and networks. So yes, that is phase two. The book will come out first and then the online course for the schools. Super pumped about it. I didn't know you were working on that piece too. So is JCPS going to, it's going to be part of their curriculum? Yeah. So different schools like the parochial schools, they can do it in their different grades. It doesn't have to be a whole school setting for JCPS side. They have an emotional and social behavior section that they have to teach in every grade. So those teachers would teach it in their grades. Is that a new thing for JCPS? That is new. I learned that in the last couple months. Yeah. Okay. Good yeah. timing for you. Yes. Yeah, so it was great timing for me. Yeah. Opportunities are always knocking around the. Absolutely. Cool. So, what do the next three to five years look like for Courtney? We know you're pregnant. For sure. Yeah. So, on a business side, you know, we hope to continue not only to grow more teams at Kiva and potentially do some more events. You know, we do turn a tournament in, at the Expo Center, we do a tournament in. Knoxville and Sevierville, hoping to maybe get another large convention center tournaments. That's the way that the sport has turned and brings a ton of revenue to different cities. So it's fun to fun to be a part of those. So that's definitely what we hope on that standpoint. Hopefully the the book goes well, the online course goes well. And actually in the back of my mind, I've already got an idea to write another book for life after college and life after being a student athlete oh, for cool. young professionals. Cause I think, you know, I see that a lot as oh, my players are starting to come out. They're like, yeah, what do I do with my life? Yeah, yeah for sure. Oh, that, you were in an Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't, you I'm like, I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to be a psycho <laughs> and work out. So. Hey, hey, Lee Hover's another. Yeah, yes. I'm going to work 20 hours a week. I'll be a firefighter and then just ride every day. So, yeah, on the business standpoint, that's definitely what I want on the book and the online course standpoint, hopefully. My husband and I want two kids, so we'll, we'll get this one out. And on a personal standpoint, Hopefully it goes well and we can have another one (laughs) before we kill each other. (laughs) Oh, no, it's great. The pulse of life will increase dramatically, but you're going to love it. We're excited. Back to, so these girls look up to you, obviously, Mm -hmm. and you're a phenomenal role model. I mean, just exceptional on all. Thank you. Yeah. But I I also see you you mentioned you're one of your best friends from the first eight to 12 year team, Mm -hmm. uh, Lacey Kissing Napper. Jackie Napper coaches with me. She coaches with you. Mm -hmm. So, and then maybe Katie Adams, I know is another friend, but you're, it seems like you're. They all come back. They're coming (laughs) back and you're creating this small little network of the girls. And it reminded me of a book Jim Collins wrote in Good to Create about like a great organization is the leader. Mm-hmm. is the driver of the bus. And then their job is to make sure the right people are in the right seats and mm-hmm. the bus will drive itself and the organization will be successful. And mm-hmm. I couldn't help but think just briefly uh, yeah. that, that you're kind of, whether you're intending to or not, you're, you're bringing these, not clones because everyone's different, but this other great mm-hmm. role model. On uh, board. And bringing Katie involved and bringing these young that are intermediaries between the adulting life mm-hmm. and three kids down the road mm-hmm. and the next chapter. Right. Could you speak on that a little bit? Yeah. No, you're totally on. And, you know, I actually want to say the original and still owner 
of Kiva, Ron Cordes. He's 73 now, got both vaccines. He's doing good. Super proud of him. So Ron, you know, has basically been like a second father to me. I've played for the guests since I was eight years old, all the way to 18. And then he's also the head coach at Assumption. And I always say that he created from the very beginning, Kiva is now 20 years old. He created this culture 20 years ago about not only just the culture of intense on the court, Kiva girls are kind of known to just be down and dirty, gritty, and competitive little girls. And that's how we roll in Louisville. Uh But he's also created this family culture where the girls leave after they graduate, and then they all want to come back because there's just that family feel, and they come back to coach. And, you know, it's funny. He says, the only great thing about getting old is I now see my players' kids now playing for me. So it's really, really cool to see the girls not only come back and bring their kids, but... Like you said, how many coaches we have that have played through the program, just like me, from the time they were 8 to 18, went on and played their collegiate careers, and they've come back to coach. And, you know, Katie Adams is another. She'll be a great leader in the city of Louisville. She went to work as a strength and conditioning coach for a company and wanted to come back to Kiva. So she went out on her own, took a leap of faith during COVID, quit her job, and as a personal trainer, was doing outside in people's homes during COVID. And she's our Kiva strength and conditioning coach now. And she's working with over 400 athletes at Kiva. So it's really cool to see Kiva girls come back and be Kiva women. Yeah. yeah. Excellent quote. That is a good uh, quote. Kiva girls to Kiva women. Yeah. yeah. What a Kiva woman is, is it sounds like it's way more than just a good volleyball player. For sure. Mm-hmm. I'm really interested to read how that book plays out and the next books to come. Yeah. Well, Courtney, thank you for being here. Absolutely. Absolutely awesome. Before we let you go, we ask every guest two questions. All right. They're the most important questions of the episode. Okay. No, not this episode. There (laughs) there was some really good stuff in this episode. (laughs) Hope I passed the test here. (laughs) As far as Louisville goes, two easy questions. Yep. Favorite restaurant? Oh, I feel like I have to say O'Shea's because they pay me a lot of money to play volleyball. (laughs) But I will say that's my husband's favorite place. I would actually say my favorite Louisville-based restaurant, I'm going to have to go with Jeff Ruby's. (laughs) I'm an expensive girl. (laughs) Can't go wrong with that one. And Um, then I know you're an indoor sports girl, mm -hmm. but what's your favorite season in Louisville? Favorite season in Louisville specifically? I would say the fall. Yep. I think part of it is obviously high school volleyball is fall, but yeah. I'm a country girl by heart. You know, I, I love to deer hunt and fall is dove season. And like right after dove season is deer hunting season. So I love that. And then as I fell in love with cycling, mountain biking in the fall is by far the best weather. Yeah. So, and I love some bonfires, football, college football, yeah. just all the good feels in the fall. Yeah. yeah. Hoodies. Yes. Chili. It's perfect. Spice latte. <laughs> On our Clearly episode. Beckman loves the fall too. <laughs> 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 no, it's Kelly's favorite. I hear it all the time. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's perfect. Let's perfect. celebrate the end of all life. Winter, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> winter. No, I'm, uh, I'm with you though. I've come to Love fall. Love fall. Uh, yeah, same. Mainly because, like you said, mountain biking, yeah. cross country. It's the best golf weather, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, for absolutely. Thanks absolutely for having amazing. me. This is a ton of fun. To yeah. everyone listening, thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe. Please like our Instagram. Please follow us. Share our page. And we will see you next time. And don't forget, buy Courtney's book. Yes, and please. Buy Courtney's book. I would love that. In April. Be here in April. Let's go. The official title one last time. Living in real time. 
living in real time. All right. All right. Until next time, everyone. Peace out. Bye, guys. Stay hyped.